Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Please join me in welcoming up our lead pastor, Michael Hansen, to the stage. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's great to see all of you. Merry Christmas online. I hope you're having a, a wonderful Christmas morning. Um, how about the kids? Wasn't that great? I, I love it. I, I grew up in the church, and I, boy, I've, I've sung in little kids' choirs so many times, and I, I just think there's never a dull moment. Uh, never a nose unpicked, so to speak. But... Uh, I don't know who wrote that in my notes, but uh, seriously, kids, you did great, and uh, uh, it was a lot of fun to watch them. Hey, before I get into my talk, I want to uh, uh, have some audience participation. Uh, Why don't you throw your hand, put your hand up if, who opens presents tonight? 24th. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Who opens them tomorrow? Of course. Okay. See, my family is the other way around, but that's, that's awesome. Uh, and you can yell this out, parents or kids, you can yell it out. You can yell in church. Um, what are you hoping to get for Christmas? A new car. <laughs> a new car, okay, a new car. I heard that one. Okay, there, oh, yeah, we got a, we got a Scrooge in our midst. Okay, how about this, uh, turkey, ham, or beef, what are you having? Okay. You know, you know what I have never heard? I've never heard anyone yell fish. Have you ever had that? I, that's probably a good thing. Here's a question I've never asked before. What do you have for dessert after Christmas dinner? Christmas cookies. That was a popular one, last Christmas cookies. Hey, so, you know, one of the questions I get, uh, you know, so we moved here from Western Canada, and, they, and they, I've been asked, what do, what do Canadians eat uh, uh, after they have... Christmas dinner. And I want to, before I tell you what we're going to have for our dessert, let me show you what we're not going to have. Look at this first picture. This is called snow ice cream. And believe it or not, it comes in lemon flavor. <laughs> and, and I, so we're not having that because I was taught as a little boy, one of the things you don't do, we ate a lot of snow in our day, but we did not eat any yellow snow. Uh, okay, so how about this one? This one we talked about for a bit, a pancake and maple syrup bath. Um, really, but uh, we, we don't have a tub big enough for our family, so we ruled that one out. And now here, look at this next one. Did you know that Justin Bieber has uh, teamed up with Tim Hortons in Canada? And this is for real. This is for real. They're making Tim Biebs up in Canada. Just when you think, hey, are they down here too? Oh, see, see, but I bet they're more expensive. No, but, but look at this next picture. Here's Justin. He posed for this. No, we got it off the internet, of course. But there's Justin. Okay, so here's what we uh, were having. Ready? Drum roll, please. This is a picture from two years ago. We are having homemade cinnamon buns. And so uh, um, I've got stretchy pants on right now, actually. And uh, I make the cinnamon buns, and then Helen, my lovely wife, makes uh, the icing. And here's my promise to you. If there are any left over, I'm going to make them available uh, on Craigslist, and they will go to the highest, the highest bidder. Uh, one more question here, and this is a more serious question. You know, this has been, we've been going through all kinds of stuff, uh, and because of COVID last year and all the restrictions, uh, how many of you didn't get to gather with others last year in 2020, but will be gathering with them this year? Is that anyone? 
Yeah. We don't take it for granted. That's a real cool. And you know, and my heart goes out. I know there are people that again this year, because of COVID and different restrictions, you're not getting to meet with your loved ones. So uh, again, Merry Christmas to all of you. And I, I hope you have a very warm and peaceful Christmas. Here's what I want to talk about uh, uh, today as we've gathered. You know, if, if you attend this church, you know that we've just come through an Advent series called Crossroads of Christmas. And if you missed that series or if you missed any of those, uh, you can go to our website, vcdc.org, and you can, uh, there's all kinds of information, but there's, you can watch those, uh, those teachings there. Uh, but basically, in this series, we looked at some key characters from the, uh, from the Christmas story. And each one of them was at a, uh, stood at a crossroads and really a crossroads of decision. And basically it was like, okay, do I, these different characters in the story, do I, do I go this way that is very familiar to me or that makes sense to me? Or do I go this way, which uh, is really where I feel God inviting me into? It's going to require faith to be able to, to see it, to be able to live out or to, or to see this life, see things from his perspective uh, more than my own. And, and what we saw in this series, the Advent series, was as each person or as each group of people uh, said yes to God's way instead of their own, uh, they all experienced, they all were part of probably, you know, one of the most amazing uh, events in the history of the world, and that, of course, was the birth of Jesus. But, but, and this is what I want to talk about, but uh, the story doesn't end there, does it? Uh, Everyone in the story, all the people who were part of this amazing, miraculous, all these angels showing up, all this crazy stuff, uh, this this, really this mountaintop experience, uh, none of them stayed on that mountaintop for long, did they? Really quickly, we see in the story, they all sort of boom, 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 boom. They're back down in the valley, if you will. They're back down to real life. So the shepherds, it's like they were popular for a little bit, but then people are like, hey, we're smelling you. You know, why don't you go out into the field and tend to your sheep? You guys stay out there. Then we had, of course, the magi, the wise men who, uh, at the end of the story, they basically hop on their camels and, you know, put home in the GPS, and they got months of travel ahead of them. Uh, Then you've got Mary and Joseph who are now new parents, and they're trying to figure out how to you know, parent this, this, uh, this little man. And you'd think in the story that they would be on their way back to Nazareth, back home, back to family who would help them and teach them how to, how to parent uh, Jesus. But, but actually in the story, they're going to a foreign land. They're going to Egypt. And uh, if you're familiar with the story, you know that once again, an angel had showed up uh, in Joseph's dreams, and basically said, hey, Joseph, you need to get up. You need to get your wife, and you need to get your little boy, and you need to run to Egypt. You need to escape to Egypt. Uh, king Herod, king of Israel, uh, he is looking for your boy, and he's not looking for him because he wants to give him a present. Uh, your son's life is in danger. And when I look at the Christmas story, it's amazing how quickly they're just right back into uh, uh, real life. And, and I find that, I don't know if it's part of getting older, but I find like the Christmas season, there's, it's like months of buildup. And doesn't it seem like it's over? Like in minutes. Uh, uh, you know, I think they call it like the post-Christmas, uh, post-Christmas letdown. And I don't know when that kicks in for you. Uh, is that after all the presents are open and you're just kind of sitting there looking at an empty tree going, you know, uh, wah, wah, wah. What, like, what do we do now? Uh, or maybe it's the next day, the 26th or the 27th, 
you're cleaning stuff up, or uh, maybe you're saying goodbye to family. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, or, or, you know, you're, but there's that sense of, well, what do we have to look forward to now? Or maybe it's in January when the old visa bill uh, is about this thick, comes rolling, <laughs> comes through the, into the mail, and you're like, what? What is this? But, you know, whenever it happens to you, whenever you feel that, that Christmas letdown, I want to encourage all of us this year with one of the great uh, Christmas story promises, which is meant to lift us up, uh, to lift us up whenever we face that Christmas letdown or really any letdown. Uh, Heather read this last week, and let me read it again. Luke 2, verse 8 says this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Very familiar story. But, but so what's, what's the promise? What's the promise in there that's meant to, that's meant to lift us up? Well, basically, it's, it's God has done something. He's done something that uh, uh, is really, really good news. And it is such good news. It's really, it's such a big deal. And this is the promise. It's such a big deal that it's going to cause great joy for all the people. You know, as I thought about that, I thought, like, wait a minute, how, how is that possible? Like, how can one gift bring joy to all the people? Because last time I count, there's like seven plus billion people on on the planet. And just imagine all the different situations, all the different, you know, all the different needs, all the different wants. I mean, just in this room alone, consider that. I mean, what I think I need to, to give me joy and what you think you need to give you joy, I promise you are, there are probably as many different things as there are people in the room. I mean, we, we can't all uh, want the Browns to win the Super Bowl, now can we? We, if, you know, if we would all, yeah, yeah, if we would all just believe, I think it might work. But, but uh, how can a gift, how can one gift impact all of us? Well, I would say that gift probably has to be a pretty amazing gift. And I would say that gift uh, has to be a gift that can do anything. And it has to be a gift that never breaks. And it needs to be a gift that, you know, that never loses power or never goes out of style. And it has to be a gift that is both accessible and available to, to all, no matter who you are or where you live. So what, what is this gift? Verse 11 says this. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The gift God has given to the world to cause great joy for all is a little baby boy. And again, I know this is a very familiar story, but, but this, isn't just, this isn't just any little boy. This is a very special boy. And, and at a time in history when the name you were given, it was very, very symbolic. The name you were given was more trying to capture who you would be than trying, you know, than, than a name given to try to, you know, make you stand out from your peers. This little boy, this, and this, this number can be debated, but this little boy was given in the Bible over 200 names. 
Just consider that. It's like, oh, wow. Who, who is this little boy going to be? 200 names to try and, you know, capture who he is. And one of those names that we, uh, I would say is my favorite name of Jesus. It's one we, we've already sung tonight. It's the name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And that, and that name means, Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. Now, notice that it doesn't say Emmanuel, uh, God who might be here one day. Aren't you glad it doesn't say that? Notice that it doesn't say uh, Emmanuel. We're skipping through there. But notice that it doesn't say Emmanuel, God who was only here during Bible times. Right? Aren't you glad it doesn't say that? Notice that it doesn't say Emmanuel, God who sometimes shows up, but only when it serves his plans and purposes. Or Emmanuel, God who will, who will be with us only when we are doing well and pleasing him. No, it says God with us. And that statement is as real and as true today as it was to them. Two, over 2,000 over 2, years ago, the good news that causes great joy for all the people is that God is with us. Well, when I consider that, I, a question that forms in my mind is, well, like, what does that mean exactly? And, and where I'm going is like, like, well, like how much is he with us? Or how? Like, how is God with us? Like, is this, is this just sort of a feel-good, self-help, positive, you know, sort of a, a positive thinking bumper sticker statement that's just meant to make you feel better? Like, hey, hey, don't forget, man, God's with you. Oh, yeah, thanks, thanks. Or, or you know, you've seen these kind of bumper stickers, life is good. Hey, yeah, that's right, life is good. Or one day at a time, you know, just take it easy one day at a time. Or this one, I shop like a bull. I charge everything. Right, that's a common one. But, but here's, a, yep, here's a Bible study principle to remember. Whenever you wonder, hey, what, what is God like? Or whenever you're trying to capture or understand something of his character, a really good place to start is to open the Bible and just look at the life of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Look at the stories of Jesus because how Jesus acts is a spitting image of his father, of God the Father. And so how much, how, you know, how much is God with us or how is God with us? Well, have you ever considered this? Um, and sort of go with me on this. If, if God really is God, right? If he really is God, well, then he can do anything. Fair? Yeah? You'd agree? Four, yeah, seven, eight of you agree? Okay. And if the plan of God, if the rescue plan of God was for Jesus, his son, to come to earth, to die on a cross in our place, uh, you know, uh, taking on himself the punishment that we deserved for our sins, that Jesus, he died. Three days later, he rises again. He rises from the dead. And now he, he's forever alive so that we could follow him one day, so that we could do the same. Well, here's what I was thinking. What? Why didn't Jesus just show up on earth as a full-grown man like a day before the cross happened? Does that make sense? Like, I'm like, that's what I, like, that makes more sense to me. Like, wouldn't that have been more efficient if Jesus just shows up? You know, that's the thing. You got to come and die on the cross. If he just shows up, gets it done, and it would have been like, boom, it's over, right? Or you might be going, ah, well, come on, that's kind of a stretch. So what if he came as a teenager? And that gives him time now to build up a following and, you know, to pick some disciples. And it gives him time to really upset the religious leaders so they get angry and, and, and are, are calling for his head. But, 
But I'm saying this to get us thinking about how Jesus, this little boy, how he came to earth and all that he experienced. I mean, just consider like the glorious, the glorious son of God shrunk himself down into a tiny little embryo in Mary's womb. Like just, could you imagine that? Just like just floating around. And the one who literally spoke, you know, the planets and stars into being with his words created had to roll around in the womb for nine months. You know, as, as his body was being formed. Just imagine that. And then when Jesus was born, it wasn't like he was born into this palatial, you know, sort of only child, you know, pampered life. No, uh, Jesus had brothers and Jesus had sisters and Jesus went through puberty. And when he was a young man, we don't know exactly when, but his dad, his dad died. And at that time, you know, Jesus is the oldest. He would have, you know, a, a lot of responsibility would have come on Jesus to get to work, to support the family. Uh, Jesus, he had a single parent. Mary was a single mom. Jesus learned to trade. He would have worked very hard physically. Jesus had friends. Jesus had enemies. Uh, Jesus was rejected. He was slandered. He was beaten. Jesus was murdered. And I look at that and I go, Jesus, wh why did you put yourself through all of that? Like, you're the king. You're the prince. Like, you're, you're, like why would you choose to walk through all the muck of life. And I believe he's sending us a message. I believe, you know, he's answering the question of how much God is with us or how God is with us by saying, I'm with you every step of the way. I'm with you through the highs. I'm with you through the lows. I'm, I'm always, I'm always with you. And, and, you know, but here's the tricky part when I look at that. And why don't we have the worship team come on back Here's the tricky part when, when I look at what I'm saying. Like, if you were here last weekend, uh, Heather said something that captures why we struggle to find the joy in this promise of God, of God with us. Again, I, you know, Heather read that passage from, from uh, Luke that I read earlier. And responding to the angel's declaration, hey, I'm bringing good news, which will cause great joy for all. Heather, you know, uh, she basically responded on behalf of the shepherds. She said something like this in response to that good news. Oh, does that mean you're going to take us away to a better world? Does that mean that is the good news you're going to get us out of here? Is the good news that we don't have to struggle in this life? Is the good news that, you know, that we don't have to go through all the pain and the confusing stuff and the maddening stuff and however you would answer that question, is that what the good news is? And Jesus would say to that, no. No, uh, I'm not taking you out of here, at least, at least not yet. Uh, that'll come one day. But for now, the good news is this. The good news is I have come to enter your world. I have come, the Son of God, I've come to enter your life. That's the, that's the good news because, you know, and it's, and it's like Jesus goes, and, and understand, I, when Jesus came, it's like he didn't live humanity light, right? Jesus dove deep into all the muck and struggle and pain of this life. And he's like, hey, I'm here to walk you through all of this, all that life will bring you, including death. I will walk you all the way into eternity. Now, you might hear that and go, okay, uh, you're almost convincing me uh, that, that this is good news. Uh, and you might, you might have this question, uh, but if God is with us, then why don't I experience that promised joy? 
Why am I not experiencing that more? Well, let me end off tonight uh, with a challenge. Here's something that every human being on the planet struggles with, especially in our fast-paced, dare I say, self-centered Western culture, something we all trip over when it comes to receiving from God. When the Bible says God is with us, it also goes on to teach he's not here to be used. He's here to be followed. He's here to be followed. See, one of the challenges of following Jesus is humbling ourselves beneath his leadership, his plans, his timetable, admitting that he, if he, if he really is God, well, then it's trusting that he must know best then, even when it doesn't make sense to me. So it's learning to trust that and to be okay with the fact that he will not always give you what you want, but he will always give you what you need. And, and that's himself. Listen to this quote. We'll end with this. Don't come to Christianity because it's comforting. Don't come to Christianity because it's encouraging. Don't come to Christianity because it's exciting. Come to Christianity because it's true. If it isn't true, then how can it truly be exciting, encouraging, or comforting? Why don't we, why don't we stand up? We're going to sing one more song. And I want to, uh, again, challenge, encourage you to consider wherever you're at with God. And I look around the room, and I know a lot of faces, but there's a lot of faces I don't know here, a lot of visitors, which is awesome. But I want to encourage you this Christmas to take a step towards Jesus. And, and really, it's as simple and as hard as this. Is, you know, the next time you stand at a crossroads, a crossroads of decision, uh, let me encourage you to invite God into that decision. And, and to not only invite him in, but to, to, to ask him to take the lead, to show you the way. And, and here's my promise. As you learn to do that uh, and, and then learn to follow and submit to his leadership, you're going to discover you're going to discover a joy that goes much deeper than your circumstances because what you will discover is that God really is with you. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.